0: Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snowett. folks it's the end of the year 2022 is coming to close we've got 2023 and the 14th year of this podcast coming up in a week today's boxing day and then in a couple more days there's going to be new year's i don't have any fishing plans but i'm working on a bucket list for next year of the places i want to go and the things i want to eat and the things i want to see and concerts and everything else that you can plan out early maybe my new year's resolution is going to being to tie more flies and drink less cans of Coke. I think that would be a good benefit for me, even though I like to do the same. I like to tie when I have a Coke. So these are the recordings that I've been doing over the last couple of years. I started off just recording myself talking on the way to fishing, while I'm fishing, between spots on the way home, and I've never compiled them into an end of year special, which is what I'm doing now. So you're gonna hear me huffing and puffing through the heat Falling down rocks, slipping on mud, getting dirty, going fishing. It may be with clients. It might be by myself. It could be with my kid. I don't know. But a lot of them did not get recorded because using voice memos when your phone is connected to Bluetooth probably screws things up. So we'll start off with what should have been the first recording, which was on my birthday. My birthday was an absolutely beautiful day. It was unseasonably warm in the 70s. And I had the house to myself. By then, I'd been living alone for almost a month or two, just living my quiet lifestyle here on Kristen Lane. I, there's probably an echo because there's no furniture in here. And I decided to have steak fried for dinner. And I prepped the potatoes, got the Traeger lit, put steak on the Traeger, and I left it for three hours and I went to the lake near me to start fishing and I started to find where the snakehead were hiding. It took a while. Now we may get into this. I don't remember, but it was a beautiful day. It was the start of my first solo fishing adventure of the year to a lake down the street. And I've been going there a lot. I never really catch anything, but I learn a lot. And sometimes I'll just walk without a fly rod, but you really got to carry a fly rod. So these are some of my fishing adventures from 2022. And I hope you all have a very fishing 2023. And I look forward to bringing you more educational and entertaining episodes in the new year. So let's go find out where I was for the first recording that happened this year. So there's definitely no fishing on the first clip. I just learned that. So the second one is gonna be, I think recorded the night before one of my big chat events. So I went over to the neighborhood drum circle, which is no longer a thing, unfortunately. And I hung out and sat by the fire pit and played drums with the neighbors and their friends for a little bit. And then I had to get up super early. And for those who have heard about drum circle on the podcast or maybe at beer tie, I recorded some of it and this is how it goes. If you're wondering what drum circle sounds like, this is it. All right, Justin, we are down here, Chain Bridge. It's May 4th. Your first time fly fishing. It's atypical fly fishing, but how's it going?
0: It's going great so far I've at least a half a dozen fish if not more
1: that we've landed how many landed. have you say have gone for your fly oh man probably 30 or 40. it's quite remarkable so shad fishing is something you're going to do again
0: yes absolutely
1: were you expecting all the wildlife down here
0: no not at all
1: and it's odd that we are the only people here
0: yes <laughs> other than one guy casting across the, across the river
1: so what do you think of shad the size the fight they're a lot bigger than I thought they were I always thought they were just small bait fish and the fight is is pretty similar to like a crappie I would say they run they run hard so that gizzard shad you caught that's what you're thinking of as the bait fish they stock those in reservoirs for so okay. bass and musky and pike though we foul hooked one and we got one in the mouth and they were both disgusting that's I refer to them as the Jawas of the fish world. No one wants them. Uh, are you going to be a little tired this
0: evening? Am I going to be what? Tired? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, my hand's already cramping.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah, we, we're doing two-handed casting now. <laughs> yep. So we've got gizzard shad, hickory shad, white perch, and the first-stripe bass. Whoa! 1st striped bass of the season. I have been filming today. Um, in fact, we took off the 250-grain sinking line and put on a short 10-weight because they're eating... When I say the fly hits the surface, they're eating it at the surface. It is quite remarkable. So that's it for now. Um, and by the way, you had nothing to do with the uh, Lincoln, right? No. Okay. Nah.
0: <laughs> nope.
1: This, you know, we're gonna get Francis on soon. Uh, but we got we got a guy who's got a name similar to a murdering <laughs> assassin. All right, that's it. All right, we got Ryan one with us. There's there's two Ryans out today some bass over there we're on top of a rock now sight casting it's very shallow clear water and since this is the podcast about fiberglass rods Ryan number one has uh he's a fiberglass guy so what do you think about fiberglass oh they're the best why do you fish fiberglass uh just a little different action than uh slower a little twitch right now get off that leaf come on damn sorry that's all right oh shit it happens we can always edit stuff out. Is this uh, your first purchase that you have in your rod loft, a fiberglass? Uh, no, um,
0: but it's by far my favorite one. Highly recommend it.
1: Any length or
0: weights you prefer? I actually prefer my fiberglass and smaller weights. So that's a two weight. And it's my creek rod. So catching uh, bluegill, small bass.
1: Um, Creek chubs. Do you like them for the action, the price point, the size,
0: the action? And also I would say a little bit
1: price. Yeah. Mine was 62 bucks.
0: Mine was a little bit more expensive.
1: Yours (laughs) (laughs) Yours looks a little nicer too. Yeah. Are there any, any like fancier models or lower end ones you've been looking at? Did you read any of the the fiberglass blogs? Mm-hmm. Well, you can see the wind and tide just coming upstream here.
0: Yeah, I'm to go that
1: direction. cast. Boom. Always fish a bad oh, cast. Baby
0: turtle down there.
1: We got baby turtles. Check in with Ryan number two. So Ryan, you sell fly rods. Do I
0: people do. buy a lot of fiberglass? Uh, we we definitely a lot during the springtime. Uh, people really dig that slow action for a uh, better presentation on brook trout things like that so generally speaking that's when we see a big rush of it uh you know i love my fiberglass but i don't necessarily use it for everything Uh, but i'm kind of in agreement with ryan one as to uh you know smaller weight rods tend to do a little bit better in my opinion all right
1: and being one that's in the industry have you found that cameron mortensen has had any influence in the resurgence of glass <laughs> about that we'll leave that in because not everyone knows
0: about Cam. yeah I'm he's not a sure big fiberglass guy is you know uh, i've heard a few of the rod makers from some friends that are really into it that is unfortunately not one of them that i i would know so what about the
1: kids when they come to the shop these days are they
0: are they looking at glass or do you have to
1: suggest to them to go go sniff it out
0: uh we do definitely have a lot of people come in specifically looking for glass Um, But a lot of the time, it's something that's not necessarily on their radar. So I tend to kind of mention it to them if they're doing, you know, Shando National Forest or, again, some of the stuff like that. Or even just this little local bluegill rod to play with when you have an hour away from work or something. Is there a make and model you stock there more than others? Uh, I would say the one we sell the most is going to be our 7.63 weight. Uh you know, I do like our two-weight, but that's a really short rod. It's only about six six. I've come to appreciate a little extra length even in my brookie rod. So uh so you know seven six three weight's kind of my preferred and it's also got a lot of versatility to it. Uh and believe it or not, I you know manage to catch some big fish on it regardless of the weight. Uh, you know, one time I nailed about a 20-inch tiger trout down on Cedar Creek on a three-weight glass. I like that. So it, you know, it can do a lot. So. All right.
1: Where can listeners find you when you're not standing on a rock in the middle of the river?
0: Well, generally, I prefer to stand on a rock in the middle of the river, but I work full time at Orvis Tyson's Corner. So really, any rod questions whatsoever, feel free to uh, bring to my attention if you need some help. Oh, bass is looking at ride number one. Oh, he pulled it. might find it. All right. Let's hope
1: the wind didn't screw this up too much
0: check back later. Sorry, I didn't mean to cast over you there, Ryan. No worries. It's about 1230
1: on July 15th. It's hot out here. Back at the uh, the lakes where I grew up. I just dropped my kid off at figure skating camp. And then I'm over in, in town to go see my dad. He's got a bunch of cheese for me. Some Bulgarian feta some Vermont cheddar and some French Gruyere. And I got my little cooler bag with my Yeti ice pack in there. So I'll pick that up and and I got to go to the the Walmart and get some eight pound dropper mono. So I got my glass rod out here and sorry, I haven't recorded in a long time, including the podcast because uh, one of the side effects of having a tumor in your head is uh, I've been able to hear for two weeks out of my right ear a little complication so haven't really done any recording because i don't know how i sound right now but i'm gonna go work on research for the podcast that you've heard already about fiberglass rods so i'm gonna go do some fishing by myself today it's been like a month since i brought my lady friend out here and uh, used this rod for the first time marsh hibiscus are about as tall as i am right now it's kind of nuts so uh Hopefully I'm not going to step on any snakes in there. We'll see how I do large mouth time. Let's go The water is absolutely crystal clear. I'm walking up right now um, as always The biggest largemouth are going to be right at your feet when you walk up to a body water, but there's a huge drop-off and um, I can probably see 25 30 feet out in front of me This lake was recently cleared of aquatic plants. I might see a boat come through today it's pretty awesome. It's, it's full on July right now. Cicadas, tomatoes are going in the garden. Pumpkins are exploding. Wildflowers are everywhere. It's a great time of year to fish. So I'm going to hang up on you. You can get me some largemouth on a purple worm on some glass. I'm out here right now on the local lake where I grew up. I got my day off and I'm fishing my glass rod doing some research. It's uh, more fun to land fish than it is to cast two fish. Is what I will tell you. Just saved a huge dragonfly. Get up there, buddy. Off. Yeah, I, I'm uh, not completely sold on casting these rods, but I do like fighting a fish on them. It's an adjustment. It's definitely an adjustment. But four bass in, um, I'm about to get one right now. I can see he swam by from three feet away. A little twitch. I hit the rod in my left hand. He swam past it actually. Come on, I'm going to cast again. Benefit of this rod, I can cast it. Here he goes. Got him, all right. Gonna hang up. All right, the next one, I'm down at the local lake and Ariel and I had done a walk one morning with the fly rod, get our steps in on our pedometers and I don't know if I have this story recorded or not, but we ended up finding a ball of snake fry. I mean, that's not how you say it. A ball of snakehead fry within a couple of inches of water. When I walked up, how, much, how should I say? I walk up to the shoreline and I start looking out for snakeheads and Ariel looks down right in front of me in front of my toes and says, look, there's a whole bunch of fish right there. And I look down there's a bait ball of juvenile snakeheads, uh, maybe an inch long, and then all of a sudden you start seeing mom and dad's nose. Kind of poking out of the weeds so we start slapping poppers down and we get these snake hit to bite but we just can't get them hooked now, i came home after that and revamped poppers with different angles of hooks and tails and maybe weed guards and played around with how to figure out how to better hook them and then i went back which is this recording to try and recreate it but we went out at eight in the morning when it was cool out now it's going to be crazy hot summer in virginia And I don't want to walk around an entire lake looking for snakehead fry out in the open. There's not a whole lot of shade, so you're going to find out what I'm going to do. And then hopefully we get into the next big walk, which is Thomas and I walking the Sino Canal for six miles when it was 100 degrees out, looking for baby snakeheads. So this is the time frame in the summer of 2022 where I was obsessed with trying to find juvenile baby snakehead. Breathing oxygen, but guarded by their parents. And I was able to do it. I was just able never able to get the fish to eat. So here's me walking the shorelines of the local lake, flying hand, rod in hand, waiting for a snake head in the hottest part of the day. And that has nothing to do with me and my uncle. It's two thirty-five, same day out here, July 20, twenty twenty-two. And I'm really not gonna do a whole lot of walking. I think I'm one step closer to figuring out these fish. I'm under the shade of an Oak tree right now. It's actually, I think the same spot I was at this morning and I can see down those fish were in eight, nine inches of water maybe. And rather than walking around and looking for them in this heat, I still got to mow the lawn tonight. I need to sit here in the shade Enjoyed the breeze with my hat off and just wait for them to come around again I don't think they're gonna to be too far out in the open. Maybe they're gonna be just along the shoreline, but My chance sitting here is just as good as walking probably and as Steve Sklarus said in 93 when we were working on an insect collection in the amazon for virginia tech So if you just want to catch bugs just sit in one place and they'll come to you You don't have to go looking for them So maybe i'm just gonna sit here today and wait and if it works then I'm gonna just come out here tomorrow with the chair and just sit and wait I've been reading sow belly and the guys are obsessed with catching giant largemouth it's a lot of just sitting and waiting for the fish to come around so that might be the new game plan here why walk several miles beating the water when I can just hold my fly in my hand and wait for a fish to come to me so I am gonna do that I'm on a little bit of a point right here so if they bring them around I'll see it I just wish there was something for me to sit on yeah, you go chill. I don't think it was recorded. I may have a YouTube video of, I found where the big snake heads hang out in this lake. It is the shallow wooded side that's close to one of the creeks that come in. And of course it's surrounded by this swampy marshy area. And there are a couple of open tree areas where you can get in, but you've got to lay out a 30 to 40 foot cast. And I may have made this analogy in another recording that may or may not have lasted, we'll see, is that imagine standing behind a school bus with the emergency door open in the back and you're standing six feet behind the bus and you need to cast and hit the steering wheel without touching any of the benches and seats in that bus. This is the alleyway of where I was trying to cast and I'm casting here at my desk. I was casting frog and other weedless flies back into this area and I would get them to land on the fish. I would hit them in the head. I had a couple of fish chase and I did this all summer long, but never anything to eat it except for that one morning with Ariel. And I have videos where I'm sneaking up on them and it's just, I'm not even tiptoeing. I'm walking like I'm stalking a deer with a bow and arrow. And then You get within three to four feet of the edge and the water just explodes. And it looks like a torpedo was launched when a 30 plus inch snakehead, that's seven, eight pounds, shoots out from in this just muck. I mean, you couldn't pay me to walk in there barefoot or even with shoes on. It's just nasty goop. but that's where they like to hang out. And I try to focus on that. It's 1.5 miles from where we are right now. So let's find out where I go next. In this hot 22 summer. It's two o'clock, July 20th. The weather's about 94 degrees, we've got a light breeze. We're rather unprepared for what's about to hopefully go down and that is snakehead on the fly. So this morning, My lady friend and I came out here, local lake, to do some walking. And I said, you know what, last time we saw three huge snakehead, so I'm going to go ahead and bring my fly rod this time. And I had just a popper on from last night, just a size large flyman foam head with Pat Cohen legs on it, frog legs. And we're walking, we're walking, we're poking around. It's, it's like nine in the morning, maybe. So the sun's not really over the trees yet. Beautiful, hot morning, though. Cicadas, it smells like summer out here, it's fantastic. And I walk up to the shoreline, just to kind of look around on the weeds, and we start to notice a bunch of itty-litty bitty bubbles that are moving. And it turns out that there was a hole school of snakehead fry. We weren't sure what they were at first, but they all started blowing bubbles. So that rather confirmed what my suspicions were they their snakeheads. So I am maybe a foot from the edge and these things are maybe a yard in front of me. So I undo my line and just start smacking my popper all around and sure enough, Mom or dad snakehead, and these were not that big to be adults, come up and start looking at it. And the water's absolutely murky at this point. I don't know if it's because it's the time of day, but yesterday we were fishing another lake. And my comment was, I feel like we're fishing in Florida. Because the water was just so tannin stained. And... I really can't see below the surface, and these little schools are moving in and out of the willows, little flowering plants, and I just keep smacking and smacking, and eventually, you start seeing them come up to inspect it, and I th- started thinking that they're just really going after the sound. So I start ripping the popper through, and then all of a sudden, this freaking snakehead comes up and grabs it, and I set the hook, and we're on for a split second, and the fly pops out, and I drop the rod and just collapse to the ground. On my back. It was absolutely awesome. That's the most action I've had from a snake hit personally since June of 2020. And that now seems like a lifetime ago. And we sit there for a couple more minutes. She takes a couple casts, gets a couple looks, but nothing. So it was my turn to film. And we kind of trade off casting back and forth. And then it all kind of just went away. I don't know where the babies went, maybe the parents moved them somewhere else, but it was my first real encounter with adults guarding a ball of fry. And that was tied on a a large large popper head. It was on an old Orvis bass hook. And I think the fish threw the hook, because it was a solid hook set. I mean, it was only five feet of leader out too, which is kind of odd. I've caught them closer with three inches or four inches sticking out of the rod tip. But this was kind of the first one I was gonna catch on a fly out here, and I just think the angle of the fly and the hook just didn't really match up. So I went home. We had BLTs. And now I'm off on my own for a couple hours. I gotta pick up the kid at culinary camp soon. So I went down to the office and I put down not bass hooks, more saltwater hooks. Gamakatsu B10s. And then Orvis size 1 and Dairiki size 2. Orvis and Dairiki look awful lot alike. And I put them up to the little box grid on my cutting board to determine which would have the better angle. And I can't even describe what I'm, the angle I'm looking for to you now. I'd have to do it with my hands or draw it. But I determined that the Gamakatsu B10S, Misty's favorite hook, is the one to do. So I... Tied that down, put in the Regal, started my thread. I put a loop of 30 pound mono to keep the legs from flopping around and getting caught under the hook. And I colored them a little bit with the Sharpie and a couple other markers. All right, I'm coming up to spots now where there might be fish, turtles. Oh my God, there's so many turtles in Northern Virginia. It's ridiculous. Hold on. I'm having my afternoon Coke while I'm walking along the shore. And then I have that laid down. So I put down the frog leg and then I put super glue up and down the shank, used my zutty leg puller, popped a hole in the head. I rotated the head so it's um, more popper shape. I had it more scoop shape on the one this morning and I think that's what screwed up the angle. All right, now I'm in the hunting grounds, it's time to tiptoe and put the head on. I tied some s between the legs and the head of the popper, tied that off, took a couple rubber legs, green and barred chartreuse with black. And I pulled those through the eyeballs because I don't put eyes on my poppers. It doesn't matter. It looks cool to us, but it don't matter. And grabbed my stuff and left. Now it turns out because it was so hot yesterday, I left my gear bag in the carport. So I have nothing to cut line with. I have no additional tippet material. I have nothing to smash the barb with. And I have nothing to take a hook out of a mouth with. So this could get very interesting today. I've just got a fanny pack where it had my Coke. It's got some cash from clients paying me that I need to go deposit on the way to pick up the kid. And then uh, that's probably it. It's got three flies in it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, um, sun's much more overhead, and I'm just looking for, like, little, a little bit bigger than a fizzy, fizzy bubbles coming up. It's definitely distinctive. It's not methane bubbles. It's not turtles moving on the bottom. It's not carp. It's, it's like a a little frothy foaming bubblage right at the surface, and it was no bigger than a dinner plate, and they were probably half an inch long, and I'm going to go hunting now, hanging up on you. And that was my fishing date with Thomas. We're going to catch up. And then I'm sure I recorded leaving and and talked about the whole show, but I was in my car, so it didn't happen. So what I remember is it was extremely hot. Haven't seen Thomas in two years. I want to focus on Snakehead Fry, Babies Breathing Air, with Mama and Dad Snakehead. Thomas wants to go for Carp, Bass, and Snakehead. He's got this little shrimpy, streamery, fish doodad and I've got my gear now my big mistake was wearing the backpack where my back couldn't evaporate all the sweat that was between the backpack and I got pretty dehydrated like uh, the salmon river trip I wasn't doing too great with the cold and then I just this was like one day the heat actually got to me but Thomas and I walked from lock, lock five, lock five lock six pretty much to Georgetown and back, no shade, just the water we had with us. Uh, luckily the canal traffic wasn't too bad behind us and you're gonna find out the, the story of Thomas and I going to catch fish in the CNO Canal between the locks of Maryland and then into Washington DC. I gotta say I'm a little happy that I'm doing this in the shade right now. We've been walking down the canal. Thomas is actually, I don't know, like 18, 20 feet in front of the actual chain bridge. Uh, Even walking, seeing a lot of turtles, which we think are carp. There's zero visibility, some trees, a lot of bluegill. And I stopped at this really fishy spot and just happened to look down. And sure enough, there was about a 16-inch snakehead sitting there, all tucked up under the, geez, there's grapes, there's poison ivy, there's plantain. Uh, a walnut tree, broken branches, poison ivy, you name it. And I get a couple casts and splats in and I don't know where the fish went. The fry were itty bitty. I mean, they were, they were minuscule. Um, uh, mom definitely, or dad was definitely tiny. These things definitely reproduce younger here than they do in Asia. Thomas is now in the shade of the canal. So I think what we're going to do is go down a little bit further and then double our way back. Uh This fish has not reappeared, so I will mentally mark this spot and come back to it. It's hot out here. So we are thoroughly enjoying our breaks in these shady spots. Thomas and I walked and walked. We found, I don't even know if he found a couple of carp. He definitely took shots at carp. I really didn't want to get tangled up in all that stuff with my lines and have to worry about hooking someone in the nose on my back cast while they're running by. And it was hot out, so I really didn't want to have to exert myself more than normal. So maybe every mile or so, we would come across two grown-up snakeheads with babies or a small largemouth or maybe a feeding or sunning carp. I don't really know if we landed anything that day. I definitely didn't catch anything. But I had a lot of shots at different adult snakehead, which were very small with babies. And they were mostly right up against... The wall of the canal under my foot, and there's a lot of slow walking and then casting before the parents could see you. They seemed to know you were there way before you saw them, and they would kind of just go backwards and disappear into the murk, and then they would just reappear somewhere else, and they would just leave their babies there, and you would drag your fly through it. None of the adults seemed too aggressive enough to bite and chase the flies and protect their babies. You could go in with your rod tip. Poke around in there. At some point, we turned around and we are probably running out of fluids. It was just horrendously hot out there that day. We were cooking and we were just covered in dust and sweat, and it was brutal. Hopefully, the plan was no poison ivy. Now, I normally wear boots out there, but in that heat, I was wearing flip flops. We had a fun day, and I went straight to the McDonald's and Tyson's and got a gigantic super-sized coke because i was dehydrated and then went home and hung out at the pool all afternoon that was a crazy fun day of just walking stalking and hunting catching up with thomas we didn't get to talk as much because we're spread out you know one person's we're like doing leapfrog one person leads stops starts looking for fish changes their fly the other person goes around them and fishes for another 30, 40 yards, and then you catch up and you might pass them. Kind of like you would be doing if you're going uphill fishing for brook trout or pocket water somewhere. It was a great time. The snallygaster worm didn't do it. The frogs, the poppers, probably too hot for, for the wormies that day. They would have just straight up melted. But we had a good time. We bumped into a couple of people that were acquaintances or people we knew. I can't remember because my brain was cooking that day. We got back to the cars, and I, I, I put on the air conditioning. I'm not an air conditioning guy, but that was one of those exceptions. Sorry, you can hear me stirring my cup of tea. I had a lot of fun, and I'll, I'll do one canal trip a year maybe, and then just like, man, that was just too stressful and, and no shade at all, and then I'll probably go back in the spring, and then I won't go back again for another year. Still would love to do the mulberry hatch on the canal for carp not sure where we're going to next but it's probably still in july and it's probably still hot and i'm gonna do a road trip out of the state for the first time since christmas it's not often that a plan comes to fruition oh my goodness all right so i'm walking down through old town and i'm throwing my scorpion bug and I'm between two like piers and there's more garbage down here than the trash heap on the death star. And I throw my scorpion bug in and I ended up catching like, I don't know, four pound bass, the biggest personal best bass all this year, definitely last year. I broke it off landing it. I should have brought my net. And then I finally stopped and found some shade and talked to some folks from Kansas. They were just as confused about what I was doing as the fish down here. So I chugged half a bottle of water and then I came over and um, I start throwing my scorpion bug and I start seeing flashes in the water. And at first I think it's a snake head, but then it moves and it's purplish. And all of a sudden 30 yard long catfish are at the surface. And I start throwing my scorpion bug and they're chasing it, but they're not getting it. So these two ladies stop and they're watching. The family behind me just doesn't seem to know what's going on. Tell everybody, you better about see some crazy. So I start filming myself. I tie on the bread fly, smash the barb, and then I throw a handful of popcorn in and I caught a three foot long fish. Just like that, slimed up in my line and everything. Um, I actually broke the cork off of my rod, it came loose. And then um, I gave the rod to the kid behind me and filmed it all. And while we were talking, my bread fly was sinking. I should see my popcorn fly. And a huge fish grabbed it and took off with it. And then it all kind of stopped. I think they all got spooked. So I'm kind of hiding right now. I definitely have film. Uh, There's baby shad right now eating the popcorn and some bluegill, but I don't see any catfish. So I'm just going to hold off and wait. Uh, I may have spooked them. Uh, I may bring a client here tomorrow. We we shall see. That was, uh, that was ridiculous. That's like throwing in a fish at Robbie's and then throwing a fly in. That was absolutely crazy. I'm so glad I took today off to come down here. That was remarkable. And I'm recording where I caught my bass earlier, and it's it's a good foot deeper. That fish was probably in less than 24 inches of water. There's a crock floating there, a McDonald's cup. There's an actual table in the water here, and there's a plastic water bottle stuck in the middle where the umbrella would go. So I'm down there and all those fish disappear. They're just gone think they caught on so what I did was went back to the scorpion bug figured maybe it was that splat that landed that got those catfish's attention earlier so I started splatting it all around and I've got my fly ready to go sitting next to me on top of the garbage can and a couple more splats I see a fish come up and another fish come up and I'm definitely figuring these these dirty catfish out and as soon as I toss it in and the biggest fish of the day bites, a guy comes out and tells me I'm not a lot of fish there. So what do I do? I ask him, where can I fish? He's like, you can't fish here, but that rock right there, anywhere to the left of that, you can fish. So I start working my way down there. My rod's, uh, man, it's hot. My rod is absolutely bent double, and this fish is pulling out line. The other catfish pulled out no line. So this one is playing tug of war with me. And I lost it. It spit the hook at some point. I don't know what happened. But it was the longest fight of the biggest fish I have had since Christmas time last year. I don't know if you can hear that wind. I'm now getting closer towards the Wilson Bridge, which is the southernmost boundary between D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. An old lighthouse there. So my plan is to come back tomorrow either with my watercraft and I could put my drift boat in and then ride it all the way up. I don't know if I want to do that. I could put my water master in in the same spot. That'd be super easy. I would just wear waders cause I'm not touching this water. It's, there's just so much garbage in it down here. It's really gross. You just can't escape plastic. There's plastic like every 10 feet. You just cannot escape it down here. It's like stars in the sky. It's a piece of garbage everywhere. So I think I'm gonna go home and tie more flies that are popcorn and bread shaped. I do have a loaf of older bread in the freezer. And then there's some old cereal we have. So I might make up some chum balls. And I think I'm gonna come back tomorrow, do the same thing. So I got about a quarter mile back to my car. What I'm gonna do is go straight to that 7-Eleven up the street I get myself a Slurpee, and then I got to go to Lotte. Not for Korean scrub yarn, but I need onions and butter and ginger. I am making roasted Traeger peach chutney, and I'm also going to make a roasted corn soup on the Traeger. You can hear those cicadas. It is the dog days of summer, and we got a lot of bounty at the farmer's market. So... That's it for today. I'm super stoked. That was, that was a rarity. Things come together. So just a heads up, I went back the next day after I went home and replanned things. That's part of being a fly angler. You go home, work on your flies, tweak your things, maybe get yourself some more chum, and then head back to the water the next day to adapt to the adventure. Let's go back down to Old Town, Alexandria. This time I parked right next to the fishing spot. And you know that Slurpee was super good on my way home. I, I couldn't get to the 7-Eleven because of construction, but I was able to park down the street and walk down. And, whew, man, that's, that's like the greatest drink after you've been out and fishing in a hot day. Slurpees, peach slurpees, man. Mm. So this spot is absolutely crazy. So I got my park, I can see my car from here. The high tide, none of the flotsam and garbage is here. The storm from yesterday did nothing for the visibility out here. And there's a whole bunch of people just just sitting around. So I come down here, my backpack, my net, my rod, and the fish are already just at the surface. They're just frothing at the top of the Potomac here. And I ask if anybody wants to catch a fish, and they're like, no, no, no. So there's this woman, I say, hey, how about uh, you film for me? so i hand her my phone we start filming um, yeah sure enough i hook one land it with the net and everything freaking awesome i think i'm gonna come back here with my kid and my lady friend maybe with uh, a six weight this weekend on labor day turns out uh there's probably 20 catfish in that school so what i ended up doing was caught my fish i asked one of the guys in the group to come over and he said he fished before and as we're talking, he sounded like my, my buddy Matt up the street. And I start realizing this is a group of um, special needs adults. And they're just out for a walk with their, I don't know what you would call their, their caretaker manager. And um, I get him set up. We start casting out. We're chumming up. And he hooks probably a couple, but he reels the, the wrong way. So he loses a couple of catfish. I wish we were filming that. And then they had to go. And now I'm just sitting here hanging out and uh it's wild i've been hooking three or four catfish here every couple of minutes i just haven't landed anything since the first two second one is definitely fatter and here come the geese which is not good but that might bring the birds up so we'll see i mean it'll bring up the catfish so i'm gonna hang up for now it's freaking hot out here it's uh let's see the exact date 31st of August. It's only 82 degrees. Feels like 83. 44% humidity. Much nicer than the other day. So I'm going to go back and try not to hook a goose right now. That's it for me. Five minute fishing reports. We're, we're getting them done this week. Oh, oh Fish on, fish on, fish on. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Okay, I gotta hang this up. Uh oh. How do I hang up? I got a big catfish on. You ready for another five minute fishing report? It is 2.54 on September 4th, 2022. I'm at a quarry. Didn't really know what to expect when I was coming down here. So I did not bring the water master. I'm kind of mad I didn't bring it because there's a whole bunch of openings. So this was the point where I just put my phone away and went fishing and what was supposed to be just those little fishing reports of me talking turned into an absolutely self sustaining podcast. One of the craziest days of fishing I've ever seen. The water was the most brilliant blue. It was cool. It was soft. It was full of water. My kid had a great time playing on a paddleboard with a dog. Ariel had a great time fishing and paddling, and we topped it off with barbecue on the way home. So yeah, that episode. Turned out to be a full one just from doing this. Let's see where I'm going to go next. Now I'm going to play a a video's audio, see if this works. If it does, I'll play audio from the Salmon River. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense Cement Mobile for details. So I got my bread fly. I got cast fish. And first cast. I get one. Hold on. This is me just casting. Yeah, I think I this is up. better done in video get form than popcorn. trying to play it for you. Oh, wait, I have one. I chummed them. Oh my gosh. Nice size, catfish. Alright, who's next? Next, that was me catching a catfish. Alright, if there's more videos, I'll play them. Oh, wait airplanes you ready for a five-minute fishing report all right let's do this it's 6 55 p.m. it is September 9th I'm out here on the eastern shore so last weekend I was up fishing quarries somewhere mysterious today I'm down here at sunset there's a full moon as of and three this morning and there's a big tropical storm out in the ocean, so we have a foot plus extra tide today. I'm at a junction point, a little choking section where water is flowing through tunnels. And I am swinging some streamers, clousers, half and halves, damsels, through the water here. There's a dead terrapin that washed up, there's a bunch of oyster shells. There are ibises and egrets and ospreys all over but there's no predatory fish. The water's moving, the sun is about to set. These are ideal conditions. You find a place like this on Google Earth and you just know there's gonna be fish there. There's plenty of bait popping everywhere. Uh, some of the other guys here said they caught some stingrays and some sharks and some other fish, maybe some blues. And there's a lot of oysters on the rocks. So you gotta be really careful bringing your line in. Uh, I already broke off an entire leader. So we're on this little spit of land And there's metal tunnels going underneath us. There's current coming out the other side, but nothing here seems to be eating anything. Uh, There's no fish popping. Um, But I'm gonna try catch a fish and then, I don't know, see where we're going to dinner. We got falafel for lunch today, and that was fantastic. Might just go home and eat some chili mac, and then uh, chaps pit beef tomorrow. I'm looking forward to eating the Guy Fieri sandwich and chaps that's it right now it's uh it's pretty windy i had to put on a hoodie i want to give you the conditions as i normally do so it's 72 degrees right now coastal flood advisory issued 72 percent or 72 degrees what it feels like 78 percent humidity winds at 10 miles an hour coming from the east because of the storm you can probably hear that now so yeah it's sunset moving tides end of calendar summer, and I should be finding some reds and some schoolies, but nothing. What's going on? Five-minute fishing report. It's October 16th. I'm with my ladies up here, blue lining in the Shenandoah National Park. It's not a stream known for trout, even though I'm getting a couple little tugs. I've got my one-weight Orvis silver label, it's like seven feet, my Ross Zero, with a two weight line and a trash fly. And as you can hear, uh, the water's beautiful. The sun is coming through the trees, it's a bluebird day. We already went and got pumpkins and some hand pies, at the farm market, now we're going up to Spelunkers for burgers and onion rings, and then we're gonna take the back roads back. And we stopped at Cabela's already to get some split shop, but they really don't have any, so. Yeah, that was not fun. But we're headed down now, and it is it's majestic. It's It's been exactly one year since I've done this, and I need to do this more often. If you can just hear that water babbling, trickling down. There's yellow, red, orange, green leaves all over the stream. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Here's a little five-minute fishing report. Not fishing today. It's... October 22nd, we have a very special guest with us. We have the guinea fowl. How are you today, guinea fowl? All right, guinea fowl, what do you think of people tying flies with your feathers? Okay. Um, Thanks for the feathers I've been getting off the ground. I can get a couple turns. Yeah? Really? And how long have you been hanging out at this house? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Have you any aspirations as a guinea fowl? No aspirations in your life? Your head's kind of nasty. All right, maybe I'm uh, startling you now, so I'm going to go back to looking for some feathers on the ground. There's some some primo feathers I can use here from this bird. Any last words? All right, we'll take it at that. And that's my interview with a uh, guinea fowl. All right, it's 11.20. I am... Down here at the Trestle Pool, um, it sounds funny. I got a energy uh, and B12 toothpick in my mouth, a little pick me up. So, Bluebird skies. It's windy as all get out, and no one's hooking any fish. I haven't seen anybody hook or land anything all day. The drift boats are still mostly upriver. One just passed me. There's some people standing in the middle of the river here, but. I'm not seeing anything I'm having an absolute blast The quiet life In which I now pursue This is about The epitome Having your own little personal watercraft Being able to float down a river And just stop wherever I want I can put my feet down in the middle and fish I can go in deeper water That I normally wouldn't wait out to Because I can just hop right back into my boat If it's smooth and quiet. I can just float while I'm fishing. Or and these cinnamon toothpicks are really good. I can um, I can just kind of island hop and and go down river. So my plan now is to I'll fish this trestle pool for about 20 minutes. Then I'm going to go down and do the hemlocks compactor and then find my car. I'm going to head into town because I'm a skinny dude and I need calories, so I'm going to go to Ronald's place and get two Big Macs. Load myself up with calories, layer up, and then head back up to the fly stretch. If I have the half day of nothing on beautiful water, I'm willing to put up with having to hear other people talking. I'll go find my buddy now from Annapolis, and we can fish together, and we'll see where the day goes. But, I mean, honestly, it, it isn't always about catching fish. I am just lazily floating down a river on a beautiful fall day and I'm not doing dishes tonight, I'm not doing laundry, I'm not mopping. I have no responsibilities up here and it's good to get away and I've not been away really since I was up here almost a year ago, 11 months. Gonna find Dirty Bill in the morning, fish with him, maybe go to Ronald's place again, get some highly caloric foods. I should have brought a hoodie. It's a little colder with the breeze, but all I have to do is just walk onto shore and I warm up. It's pretty simple. And I'm gonna go float down river, see what the day brings. Not sure if this is gonna come out, but here's some audio from the video of me floating down the river. I'm just drifting the Salmon River solo right now. I got my crystal meth fly on a 11 foot six weight. I'm in my water master boat, and I'm just floating down the river. This is awesome. I'm walking, I'm wading, I'm beaching my boat, just looking for some ideal water to swing flies. My feet are dragging right now to slow me down. I can do some kicking, but I've got this all to myself right now. This is amazing, look at all this. Gonna head down to the trestle pool, swing some flies through there. That's just the sound of me floating down the river. Should have done this not with video, but maybe I'll make a YouTube video. video of Colin catching a fish. Chatted with Colin yesterday on Christmas. He had a fantastic Christmas morning. Gonna go out to Annapolis and maybe have dinner with him and his wife at my cousin's restaurant. If I haven't mentioned this before, Aqua Aldue in Annapolis, the best Italian food you're going to get. My cousin already knows what he's doing. So we're going to end this now on 4-mile run in Arlington, Virginia. I thought I would go out with a little bang at the end of the year. Maybe find some largemouth some goldfish a tilapia so i'm going to do my last recording and then i'm going to start preparing for the end of the year and then we're going to start off the new year with uh, an interview so let's finish this off i thought this was going to be the first recording but we'll just keep it as the end it's like the bookmark on the end of the year so this is the last of the five minute fishing reports of the year today is december 20th 2022 this will actually probably be the first of the recordings of the five-minute fishing report. So I plan to come out here and probably not do my last fishing trip of the calendar year, but just get out wet in line and get the last recording in so I can have a podcast for you all before New Year's Eve. So maybe if you're going on a road trip somewhere, you can listen to these crazy stories of what goes on in the mind of a crazy fly fisher... Min, mean, that's a guide that has a couple of minutes here and there to go chase fish himself and does a little recording when he's with clients. So I thought today would be a little more fun than it turned out to be. I'm pretty much done. I'm halfway back to my car. I'm on this footbridge over the Snakehead Cove that goes into the swamp up in Del Rey. The temperature, I don't think it's above freezing right now. My fingertips are burning as I talk. It's the first time I've had to wear gloves out here in a long time. When I got out here, the frost had just melted, so everything was pretty slick. And there's still a lot of construction going on up at the Mount Vernon Avenue Bridge, where George Washington used to get his corn ground into grits. There used to be a mill there. And now it's filled in. I gotta go phase down wind because this is burning my hands, wow. Uh, yeah, it's filled in over the last couple years. More specifically, a huge rainstorm, right in was it 2018 July, end of July 2018, end of July 2019, and most of this stream that had been widened and channelized by the Army Corps of Engineer, it's filled in with silt. So they're working at the top right now, and I mean you can hear them from here, a quarter mile away. I can see the bulldozers. They're making a whole lot of construction and dredging and all of that is affecting everything except the water right at the outflow. So I came out here today hoping to fish some pretty crystal clear water at dead low tide. The wind is, I don't know, 10 right now out here. So a lot of the water has been blown out and there's not much to see because it's so murky. So I went down to the bottom where the fish will collect at low tide by the route one bridge and if you're anywhere on the east coast yes it's that same route one and there's a dude on a paddle board he looks cold i can see a guy under the boardwalk that they're building along the river he's not getting anything he's got a fly rod and because they're building a boardwalk you've got to go around and walk through traffic so i was a little upset i wanted to walk stay within the park today and I had to go out and deal with traffic and almost getting hit by a turning bus and just loudness that I, I didn't didn't want today. Even for such an urban area, you can't get away. Now the main noise you're going to hear is the airplanes because we are right next to National. For those non-DC residents, that's Reagan Airport and I should say non-DC natives. Um, there wasn't a boarded landing coming in from the south, so a plane had a Take off and went right overhead blasting its engines. A couple of Hueys have gone by, but I've got a bunch of crows near me. There's geese all over the low tide flats. There's a kingfisher. Down by the guy on the paddleboard, a turtle was out. So it's always weird. In the water here is 65 degrees year round on an outgoing tide. And to see a turtle active is always just one of the stranger things to me. I've seen snakes out here in the winter, uh, but he wasn't getting anything on his paddleboard. He was throwing some swim baits, so it was pretty cool. I don't really often get to stand above people and watch them fish. I wish I could do that maybe at Chain Bridge. And I waited 10 plus minutes to see if maybe the tide would blow out a little bit more with the wind and clear up. But it's just concentrating all the murky mud water coming from the tidal zone at the top. So, I'm on this bridge. I, I'm walking my way back. I can't see anything. It's always weird fishing out here this time of winter. I'm gonna start walking again. Shut up, goose. Bite me. I hate those things. All right, drop my rod. So, we walk to warm up. Uh, this creek's pretty much empty right now. There's a couple of geese and ducks up it, there's nothing. You really would think more carp would inhabit this water, but there's really nothing for them to eat except some clams. So a year ago this time, I was planning my year-end, really horrible year, capping it off steelhead fishing in New York, and now I'm wrapping it up down here on Four Mile Run. It's been quite a crazy year, as you're going to hear. There were snakehead encounters. The best shad day was interrupted by thunderstorms we could have caught shad on poppers the next day if i was prepared and it wasn't gonna rain one steelhead trip in a couple of smallmouth trips didn't really get to a lot of bucket list things i wanted to this year you can hear the hueys are coming back around i really wanted to get out and float with misty but this was a year of figuring out a new life and getting out and doing exotic fishing trips didn't always work and then it just didn't rain for about two months so things were pretty dry and low so i wasn't going out on the boat i wasn't really fishing myself and yeah i did not expect this year to to end as joyful as it's going to we're gonna have a fresh podcast with the fly fishing rabbi for the start of the 14th year of this podcast if you can believe that and yeah i'm excited for the new year i may be going up on another fishing trip early in the month. I'm gonna type out a list of bucket list items I wanna accomplish with fishing. There's a vulture eating something in the middle of the river right now. I don't know what it is, but I've never seen a vulture in the middle of a river eating something like that. Oh, wow. The vulture's feet are just above water and it is going to town on something. I'm hoping that this four-mile run gets situated and fixed. They're making some cool structure upriver. The boat ramp downriver where I just walked through has been widened. So I want to do more drift boat fishing out here and uh, go on some cool fishing adventures with Ariel and my kid. And I'm excited. 2023 is going to be a big year, getting closer to 50. I'm about back to my car. Did not even bother stringing up my line. I got to a couple of holes on this side, but they're all murky. It's like fishing and chocolate milk. So I am gonna go pack it up and head home and set up in the reading room and enjoy some afternoon sun that's coming in and just finish off this year. I hope you had a good time listening to my podcast this year. And now I'm gonna take you somewhere where I started recording earlier in 2022. If you want to support this podcast you can go to etsy.com and look up my name or follow the links on any of the podcast notes listed below at waypointtv.com or on itunes or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from have a good new year and i will see you in the 14th year of the fly fishing consultant podcast now let's go find myself fishing somewhere Hopefully where it's a lot warmer than it is right now. Listen to the ice I'm about to step on. That's it. Take care.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. The podcast is brought to you by
1: Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com.